Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast, a podcast where every other week I interview some of the most inspiring women working in data. They discuss how data is used in various industries, share their knowledge and experience in the field, and equip you with tips to help you overcome challenges on your career and feel great. Let's get straight to it. I am joined today by Golin Sabawal, Data Science Manager at Intact in Toronto. A couple of years ago, Gurleen moved from India to Canada in the objective of having a better quality of life. In this episode, we discuss how she successfully navigated this big move and provide advice applicable to anyone making a career transition, whether it's a geographic move or a change in career path. She talks about how finding her why helped her focus her search and land her first role in Canada. She highlights the importance of speaking with the right stakeholders and of being flexible. Finally, she touches on how she managed to make friends in a country that was so far away from hers and where the culture was very different. Hey, Geraldine. Hi, Karen. We were saying just before I hit record that we've been chatting for six months and planning this. <laughs> planning this episode for the first six months where well, we are finally here and yes. it's a pleasure to have you with me on the podcast today thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure we're going to talk about a very interesting topic actually making a successful transition and I feel like your view is going to be on a specific topic which is moving from one country to another but everything you're going to share in my opinion can apply to any possible transition I'm excited about that. Before we get into it, could I invite you to introduce yourself? My name is Gurleen Sabarwal. I work as a data science manager at Intact. And uh, my, my current role is basically handling a group of data scientists. And our team is responsible for building a model, which is essentially telling the business what should be the discount or surcharge a customer should be having basis his driving behavior. So it's quite an interesting problem that we try to solve with my team. And prior to moving to Canada, so this is like for the last two years, I've been with Intact. Prior to moving with Canada, I was in India working for Accenture Consulting, where I spent about eight, seven to eight years. So it was an exciting journey in India working for Accenture Consulting and Vodafone, helping clients solve problems using customer data in the field of conversational AI and, and many other interesting topics. Conversational AI, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's about uh, using chatbot data. So all the transcripts you have when you're talking to a bot were being recorded and shared with my team. And we were drawing insights on, on those and making sure that your experience with the bot was positive. Oh, fascinating. <laughs> you are the third person. So we're going to come up with some episodes later this year around... NLP and, and all these things. And I feel like all of a sudden I'm talking to so many people working with NLP where I never spoke with anyone in the field before. So I, <laughs> what a coincidence. Yeah, it's a very interesting topic. Yeah, I bet. So you mentioned that you moved from India to Canada. And this is actually the main topic of our conversation today. This is such a tough move. And having done some mentoring 
a question I have very often is how can I move from wherever I am to the UK? So for you, it's a bit different because you moved to Canada, not to the UK. But every time I ask this question, I'm feeling like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm an immigrant because I come from the Caribbean, but my island is French. And when I moved to the UK, the UK was still part of the EU. So for me, I had no visa issue. It wasn't hard for me to find a job. It was just me moving from one place to another. Like it is, I guess, moving from Manchester to London or something mm -hmm. like that. Just a different language. I guess what I want to chat about is, first of all, what made you move? Okay, it's a very interesting question. My husband and I decided that we should look for geographies outside of India because we were looking for better opportunities in terms of data science. We were looking for a better quality of life. I don't know. That's what we thought about. We want to give better education to our son. He was about three and a half, four years old at that time. And Canada was uh, having this skilled immigrants program on at that time. And everything was a very smooth process online. So we both just thought about applying for that. We applied and honestly, we didn't even think we will make it. It was like something <laughs> just got into us. Okay, let's do it. You know, let's think about how difficult the transition will be when we get the visa or the permanent residency. But honestly, it was very smooth for us. One thing led to the other. It was a long process, but everything was very well organized online. And we got a permanent residency in about a year and a half or two years. I don't remember exactly, but that was the time frame, 2019, July. I remember we came for a soft landing. And then I went back and I joined my organization and I thought maybe I'll try for a transfer first. And that didn't work out. My husband stayed back looking for a job. So uh, we had our own share of, let's say, hardships. But we came here after we got a visa. So it's different for different immigrants. Like if you don't have a work permit or a residency, it's different. But I think even with a permanent residency, I will talk about the challenges I faced and how I overcame them or we overcome them as a couple, but it was not so smooth. Yeah, and this is where I'm seeing that your experience actually applies to even people who are just trying to change from maybe one industry to another or one type of role to another because these experiences are so transferable that I can totally see the value in that. But while you are talking, I was having goosebumps because you're talking about moving from India to Canada and I'm thinking... The weather difference you must have had. And that reminded me of, I left my island when I was 19 and moved to Paris. Obviously different temperatures, different things, but Canada, what a brutal difference. <laughs> I remember speaking with some of my friends who were saying, Oh, I really want to move to Canada. And I'm thinking, how do you move from a really hot country to Canada? This, when I think of the snow, they get there. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I was petrified, to be honest, when I was making the move. I carried a lot of warm clothes and, you know, layerings and stuff. I am not trying to trivialize it, but uh, you don't feel anything inside the house and that. But outside, we get snow. Uh, like I'm in Toronto, depends in what province uh, you are. So in Toronto, we get snow for about two to three months of the year. Normally, mm. the perception, oh, Canada, six months, you get snow. And two to three months, it's not like every day. It's pretty much like it will snow for four to five days heavily. And I like it. In fact, when it's drizzling and snowing, I like to be out. It's obviously harder to walk around and do your physical exercises, but it's not so harsh, to be honest. I enjoy the weather in Toronto. And uh, Vancouver is a different, Vancouver, BC is so warm. People say that it's pretty much like the UK weather. So, Oh, really? 
Yeah, so it depends okay. on which geography you are. Yeah, that's interesting. It's just snow is something I cannot deal with. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what challenges did you encounter moving from India to Canada? Yes, I think um, in terms of my career, I, it was not an easy move for sure. First off, it's a very different market, Canadian market and Indian market. Even though they both are like, I would say, one of the most uh, growing markets in terms of data science, data analytics. But the Indian markets, in my view, the most of the work is being performed by knowledge processing units or KPUs or outsourcing units, which means that majority of the revenue comes from sectors which are doing work for clients outside of India. So you have clients in the UK, US, Europe, everywhere, but very few work is focused on the Indian clients. They are doing work, but it's not as advanced or matured as developed world, right? So our clients are there. So when I was there, it was a different market. And when I came here, it's a very advanced market. AI is Montreal and Toronto are known for the hub of AI, like the two T's well known. We have a lot of investments being made in terms of AI startups in Toronto. I think I read somewhere Montreal has the maximum number of deep learning and research students in the world. So oh, wow. it, it's very, very different. So the kind of job positions, the openings that are there in India versus that are there in, in Canada was very different, just to give you a perspective. The second thing that was very different was, I think my education is very well known in India. My university degree holds a certain level of standing. Everybody knows what I've done, the pedigree. Here, people didn't know what university I'm talking about. I did not have formal education in Canada, so it was different. And a lot of people have specializations. In fact, in the Canada, when you're applying for a job, they will ask you for your specializations in your job application. So okay. it's like, yeah. And it was a different change. It was a big change for me because I'd never filled up those answers. You can leave them blank, but I'm pretty sure that a lot of the other applicants are filling those in. So when I saw that, I, I thought that this is a very different market for sure. And the last thing, which is, again, very hard for any change. You will initially face a lot of rejections. So, you know, imposter syndrome sets in. Am I really good enough? Should I just quit? I got those thoughts in my mind, honestly, but I kept at it. I think what really helped me get over that imposter syndrome is was first, I had to make a realization about what is my specialty. In India, we keep work, not just India. I think when you're in a job for very long and people know, you just keep working on one thing after the other without really taking a pause and thinking, is this my specialty? Do I want to do something different? You know, we are very much in the reins of day-to-day -day work. So I kind of took a pause, understood what's my why, why am I doing this? What is it that I need to be known for? And what is my specialty? And then once I knew it, I think it was easier for me to sell it. And then I think another aspect is networking. I don't know about where in Caribbean where you come from, but from India or Asia, in general, we are very, I would say, shy. So we would not reach out to people for coffee chats unless we know them. So it was a very different experience for me. When I spoke to my own network, my friends who had moved, let's say, a few years ago, or people I knew from my colleges, from my previous companies, I called them and I said, you've got these jobs. How did you go about it? And they said, you have to contact people on LinkedIn, go for coffee chats. And COVID really screwed up the whole dynamic because... Yeah. Uh, the coffee chats are different when virtual and they're different when they're in person. 
but nonetheless i think i took those notes from my own friends from my own network i understood my why and i started contacting people which had some common backgrounds like people who were seniors from my college who were settled in canada for a while i talked to them i reached out to women in general so this is why i'm so interested in talking about women in data because i think it was easier for me to reach out to women than to men in general because maybe i'm it was just a mindset i guess i reached out to women i thought they would be more helpful in advancing other women in the field and knowing that here i am and i think i had to overcome challenges related to formal education networking yeah and i think also back to your comments on you reaching out to women mainly i feel because you mentioned the fact that in your culture you're very shy and you don't go talk to strangers yeah. at least having a stranger that you could relate to yes. uh, makes it easier you said understanding your why and i'm curious to understand what steps you went through to do that because this is an exercise i've done myself a few years back because same imposter syndrome and then feeling like okay karen where are you going is that where you're meant to be but you know everybody has a different journey in that and approaches things their own way i guess how did you do it i did pretty much everything possible i'm kind of lucky in a way that my husband is also from the same profession so we met at work so i can have a lot of ideas thrown at him and ask him that tell me what am i good at and what do you think is sometimes we can't really think about it so clearly and people who work with us can tell us i think this is what you are good at or better at so i took his inputs but of course i'm not just going to take them at face value and accept what he says so i took his inputs and he said i think you should be so if, you know i've actually had thoughts about whether the management track is right for me or i should go in more ic direction because a lot of people are make, moving that uh, making that transition these days and it has nothing to do with the years of seniority and even in the ic track you can grow pretty much as high as you like i actually spoke to a career counselor my own company so they have these um, tie ups and i also relied on linkedin like i spent a little bit of time on linkedin reading up these kind of things right where people talk about the why and a, a lot of useful advice is shared so mostly it, it was around you know you should think about what lights your day versus what kind of drags your energy or makes you sad i focused on my wins in the past and honestly i don't think i have all the answers even now but i'm a lot clearer in my head that this is the direction i want to go i want to be in the management track for example and not in the ic track so that yeah. was one and it was not an easy decision because i was very convinced that i want to be an ic at some point you know so i had a journey pretty much talking to people talking to my friends i found a lot of ideas in them my sister she's by the way in the uk and in barclays bank i talk it out with her so essentially talking to my own network my friends my family i did everything pretty much and then i finally realized that no this is what i want to do and maybe it will change in the future but right now i was clear that this is what i want this is how i went about it yeah and that's a really great way to to approach it relying heavily on your support network and doing some research but i'm pretty sure you're going to have to go through it again as you said maybe this is not what you're going to do in the future but that's what you're doing now because there are research that shows that on average nowadays we have at least five different careers in yeah. our life and i'm thinking five careers that's a lot of stress <laughs> <laughs> so true but now you're settled in canada and obviously settling in comes with its own challenges and 
what did you notice? To be very honest, when I came here a week after that COVID or the lockdown pandemic started, <laughs> it was like people ask me like, have you settled in? And I tell them I have been in the four walls of my home mostly like uh, throughout the year. So I, I haven't really built a network of friends here. I could not because of that. But I have my colleagues I interact with mainly on at work online through virtual. And I think the way what has helped me settle down is with my son's school opening. And it's funny, mm-hmm. but as he started going to school and he started having a routine, I started make, meeting the moms of his friends. And, you know, we started building a network of our own common thoughts. And then I have some friends at work, which I can interact with, let's say, after work hours as well. So settling in, I think what's really important is you focus on having something to do after work, some interests, some hobbies, people you can socialize with. It's very, very important. And I think I saw one of your podcasts where you mentioned you're into fitness. I started training with somebody, with a personal trainer. So I used to have a lot of conversations with her and ask her, she's a local and ask her things. Okay, where can I get my beauty salon things done, for example? (laughs) (laughs) Because it was really... (laughs) Sorry, I did exactly the same thing. So when I moved to the UK... The first thing I did was join the gym and then I just grabbed the first girl I met that looked to be at my age. And I was like, oh, where do you get your hair done? (laughs) (laughs) And we're still friends. This was eight years ago. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's the best way to make friends. And I stopped training for a while, but she's like still in touch with me and we had great conversations. But yeah, that's how I kind of settled in. And in terms of work because you mentioned earlier that people didn't know what university you were coming from and you didn't have your network there and also it's not easy if you can't go out online network it's great because it means that you're in Canada and I'm in in Europe and we managed to connect but it is hard so how do you ensure that you're visible at work and that you make sure that people know what you're worth I think that's a very good question. Once I realized that this is my why or this is what I want to do, it's not like it solves all the problem because I have to make sure that people understand that I can do it for them, right? They have to bet on me. They have to believe in me. So as I said, I started networking. In fact, the way I got this job is somebody from Accenture I knew, I contacted him and I said, I'm looking for a job. And he had a very vast network when he came to Canada. And he posted this job on his LinkedIn profile. And that's how I saw it, because the person who posted it was not on my profile or not one of my friends. And then I saw it and I connected with the person who posted the job. And I said, this is who I am, messaged my why and who I am and what I can do. And I said, see this job and can I help you and I can help manage teams and data science. I've been doing it for a while, something like that. And I reached out and he was not the only one that I reached out to many others who did not respond. But this person responded because he liked my profile. Mm. He went through my... So it's very, very important that your LinkedIn is updated with all your recent work, all your accomplishments. Even if you are doing like a simple paper or talk, I think it should be on your LinkedIn. So it's sometimes people miss that. And as I said, we are so much in our day-to-day and are just running our everyday work that we forget to focus on selling ourselves. So I think I updated my LinkedIn. He saw it and There was a common connect. He had worked in Accenture before moving to this job and he was looking for someone in Toronto and I was in Toronto. So there is a luck factor as well. But he said, why don't you apply for this posting? And to be honest with you, it was in data and analytics. It's my step in the door. I really want to do it. And honestly, I got the job and I was pretty happy. 
And I really focused on providing value to my employer. Like I, every time there's something, I would just raise my hand. Can I do, you know, just trying to do a little extra, making yourself known. I kind of grew a lot in that role. I kept on polishing myself, taking trainings on management, anything that had to do with improving myself. So I had to work extra hard initially to understand the whole role, improve my value. I think I really worked hard and communicated my worth to my boss. So he was very happy with my job. And now after a year, about 14 months later, they transferred me into data science because I said, I want to do more of that. And I'm so uh, grateful to the organization for doing that because when I came here, like I was not expecting that I would get a management role to begin with and then a role in data science, which was my forte or my area of interest. So now I've reached what I wanted to do by proving my word. So what I did is I made sure that I gave 100% everything that was asked of me. Even if I did not like the job, sometimes you will not always like everything I did it with full honesty but there is always this thing in our field where you're going to have this one task that you don't like but you have to do anyways if you were to give people I don't know two three tips on how to settle in when you're changing either country or when you're changing industry or field what would that be yes I think first advice would be to embrace the culture try and understand what are the differences that exist and how different the culture is? For example, in Canada, there are coffee chats. You have to reach out to people. You have to understand the differences in different types of job postings. So all that has to happen. So embrace the culture for sure. Be a little flexible. By being flexible, I'm not saying take a step down in your career. Like a lot of people would think, oh, I should be open to going three levels down or two levels down. I'm not trying to suggest that. By flexibility, it's possible that the first role that you get is not exactly in the area of your interest, but close to it. For example, in my case, it was, let's say, data and analytics, and then I moved to data science. But you should be a little more flexible because people need to know you so that they can invest more in you. So that's something that is very important. I think you have to know your skill sets and then get your network known. So you have to communicate with your network, your boss, your team, and make sure that you are noticed. Lastly, I would say you have to network. So you have to start with your own network, your own friends, reach out to your friends of friends, and then slowly your network will grow. And I would suggest reaching out to like-minded women because that really helps. And that's why we are here as well. So networking is very important. Reaching out to the right stakeholder. I don't think that I would have got this job that I'm in if I had not reached out to my boss a year ago. You don't have to keep doing the same thing again and again. Some people keep applying the, to different jobs and expect to get a different result. It doesn't happen. I think you have to reach the right stakeholder and that's, that's going to make it work for you. Yeah, and in fact, in January, we published an episode with Louise who moved. So she had quite a big step up in her career. So she moved to a leadership position, heading data insights. And she did exactly the same. So she leveraged her network to actually get that position. So one last thing for me, is there anything that you read or listen to or even watch that helps you in your career development or personal development? Yeah, for sure. I follow a few people on LinkedIn who keep posting uh, very interesting stuff. So Cassie Kozrikov, I think she's the data chief decision scientist at Google. I really like her publications on Medium. In general, I think what I really like about her is she makes the complex simple. I read a lot of 
articles on Medium related to the space of data science. I think Medium is a great space for uh, learning new things if you need to. I finished reading a, a book called Trustworthy Online Control Experiments recently. <laughs> so it's, it's right here. And I, I watch podcasts. So I think uh, how I got introduced to you is through one of my friends from my college was on a show with you. And I heard you and I really liked the conversation. Sumeda uh, was okay. on the show. And that's how I got introduced to you. In fact, I listen to your podcast a lot. It's very interesting. Super Data Science is another podcast I listen to. So quite a few, actually. Yeah. And Sumeda was on the podcast in December 2020, talking about moving from data analytics to data science. Yeah. Uh, at Google. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. You're welcome. Thank you. It was a pleasure and um, I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. We will be back in a couple of weeks with a new guest. Until then, if you have two minutes, it would be great if you could leave us a rating or a review as it helps not only to make the podcast more visible, but also to enhance the content. If you don't want to miss the next episode, follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are also on LinkedIn. And if you wish to, you can even register to the community for free. All you have to do is head to womenindata.co.uk. Have a great day.